And we're back with part two of our look at superheroes and animation on the Graphic Content Podcast. My name is Jim. My name's Adam Messinger. <sighs> I tried. I fucked with you again. Fuck. My last name is Mason. I'm not in witness protection or WITSEC or whatever you call it. And we are still joined by the illustrious... The Manny... Il- <laughs> uh, the <laughs> what? The, illustri- the illustrious Manny... Manny Gomez. There Manny we go. Manny Gomez. And uh, we're just, you know, look, we had so much fun talking about on our review of the Judas Contract. A lot of history. A lot of history in that. And we thought it'd be kind of cool if we start talking about our favorite superheroes in animation. And Manny, since you're our guest in the graphic content studio, we would like to start with you first. All right. Well, I'm going to pick Superman. The animated series. Oh. I could have picked Batman, but we can talk about Batman the animated series. That's like an way, eight part. Yeah, and we all podcast. know that's that Honest is to the God, you know that is the standard. So I'm going to go with the other Bruce Tim. S Tas Superman the animated yeah. series Bruce Tim. Uh, I, was Paul Dini part of the writing? I believe team on so that? for a while. For a while, I think first season. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. But I loved it. I liked that it had that flasher style look to it in some points and it had the art deco and daylight look yeah. which i thought was cool yeah that was neat and i really liked um their certain you know their take on brainiac being on krypton oh, and God. it just added a little bit more to krypton's destruction and why brainiac and superman have this feud right it pisses me off in the comics that they haven't figured out how to do it yet when there's that perfect example of how and to it make did that it work so well he betrays the planet krypton the he betrays jor-el i yep. mean i loved it and the it roadmap to it is right there <laughs> but yet nobody seems to be able to do a consistent voice for brainiac in the comics yep. and like you said they have it all right there like here's how you do it it's okay to change canon every once in a while it it's is okay because we got to keep things fresh and they used to do it in the Silver and the Golden oh, Age all, the, all time. the time. How many times did Superman die in the Silver Age? I mean, well, they were quote-unquote <laughs> well, quote, yeah, imaginary stories. But still. Aren't you know, all stories yeah, I imaginary? I to say that. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. But Jim, real yes. quick on yeah. the Superman the yes. animated series. Years ago when we worked at a certain bookstore that we're that, not going to mention. No. We Borders. Were... <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> That was your one guess. Sorry, Adam. Damn it. You wasn't Walden either. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> we talked about how they gave uh, pay tribute to the king, Jack yes. Kirby. Yes. And I did. didn't know this at the time that uh, Lieutenant, was it Lieutenant Turpin? Yep. Terrible Turpin. Looks just like a Jack Kirby drawing. Yes, he does. Which he did not back when he debuted right. in the New Gods era Superman books, in the Fourth World books. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was just, he was like a like a Harvey Bullock, but right. maybe a little bit cleaner cut who always wore a bowler hat and, and a, a little bad, shorter. Yeah. And a cigar and a bad attitude. And he just had a, a he was a little tubby. He wasn't completely he was a, obese like no. Bullock. Right. Yeah, he was not. And uh, he had gray hair and thick eyebrows. He and, wasn't sloppy like Bullock either. No, yeah, he, he was. Could right. have, he could have been Jack Kirby when he was about 60, 65 years old. Anyway, sorry. I, and and we were so talking, yeah. when he dies, I b- believe it was Apocalypse Now episode. Yes. Yes. And so I thought that was really cool when she, you explained that to me, and then I started looking into it. And so the, I love that they did that. And that they actually got a Jewish cantor to do the yes. funeral song. Yeah. And that was the first time. Now, 
Look, I, I laughed my ass off at Bruce Tim, at some, not at Bruce Tim, but the work that he did in, in Batman the Animated Series, especially when in the sh- in the episode Almost Got Him. Oh yeah. Which is <laughs> that was such a great episode. Classic. Yeah. You know, or any of the Joker episodes with Mark Hamill and Eileen Sorkin doing their oh. voice work back and forth in their improv and shit. But when they did the funeral for for Lieutenant or Sergeant Turpin, I can't excuse me, I can't remember which, I cried. I didn't say it then, but I'm saying it now 20-something years later. I cried. Well, they show Superman's emotion, too, because that's the only person Darkseid kills in that episode. And remember, Superman was tied up, and he just destroys that uh, apocalyptic tank or whatever it was. Yes. Because, you know, he died, and he allowed him to die. You could just Feel the frustration. Yes. Really good episode. Yeah. I mean, he just disintegrated. Didn't he disintegrate him with Omega Beams? With yeah. the Omega effect? The, the, mm-hmm. the wah, That's wah, the wah. only thing that would probably pass the censors on Saturday morning cartoons yeah. back when they did them. Yeah, because right. they wouldn't allow broken windows. Or or uh, blood. You couldn't or do blood. any of that. Yep. They wouldn't do any of that stuff. God, I love that show. And you know what? They did Apocalypse so well. They yes. kept true to Kirby. Yes, uh, the, the the style, the weapons, their the facial hair they had. I mean, for Calabac, yeah. And, oh, do you remember? Play, the, isn't that Michael Dorn who plays that? Yes, Lieutenant Worf. Oh yeah. Yeah, and uh, do you remember the first time Calabac fought Superman? He had his parents in from flying from Smallville uh-huh. to Metropolis, and their it's Father's Day. Uh huh. I think that was the name of the episode. Yeah, because he's trying to he's trying oh, to prove his worthiness yeah. to Darkseid. Yes. Yes, and Darkseid voiced by the inimitable Michael Ironsides. Oh, so I mean, well. So fucking perfect. Compared to what it was in, like, in the Super Hello, my dear. It was so horrible yes. in the 80s. And then oh, they get god. a good, rich voice. Oh, my God. To play, he's the baddest dude ever, you know? Oh, my Dark god. Side. Fucking Michael so, Ironside, to hear his voice, just yeah. to hear him shoot the shit with, like, Chris Hardwick or something... He's just amazing. He so, was just so awesome. That was probably that's probably why my I love Superman. He's my favorite character. The, my kids like watching it yeah. now. Uh, you can watch it uh, for free on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, really? Yeah. That Batman the animated series are available. So. Fantastic. But um, it just really got the essence of Superman. He was a farm boy, moved to the city. I liked Tim Daly doing his voice. I, oh, he was so great. I wish that they had like him. Superman. I wish they'd had him on permanent contract to do Me that too. when they wanted. You know, it's so wholesome. It's he, a wholesome he, voice. Middle American voice. I mean, yep. just you know, salt of the earth. And he's gentle. He's when he gets mad, he gets mad. But he's very gentle. He's mm-hmm. the most powerful being on earth. And his voice is—it's what you expect Superman to be. Exactly. I loved exactly. it. Exactly. You know, I remember that monologue he gave Darkseid at the end of uh, that season of Justice League Unlimited. Oh, when he's pounding him? When he's going, you know what I hate? I hate pe- bullies. I hate the fact that I have to walk around town and treat everything like it's made of cardboard and paper. But you know what you afford me the chance to do? You afford me the chance to cut loose and i was like oh shit yeah. superman's about to go gangster I, yeah <laughs> bouncing exactly. up and down and in that, my chair that was a cool thing about 30 something years old like i'm a 12 yeah. year old schoolgirl. i oh, swear to god yeah anytime they brought superman from that universe yeah. against dark side uh it was it was instant chemistry and in the earlier seasons in Justice League, like when they went to Apocalypse, mm-hmm. like the whole league back when Hawkwoman was still in, oh, in yeah. good standing with them, Batman had to say, no, 
Clark, we have to go. He goes, no, I'm not going to leave here. Not yeah, what he's I got a take. history. He's had a big history with Darkseid, and he does not want to let that go. So I, I just... That's, I, yeah, God. so, yeah, I mean, there were some episodes that were really like, oh, you could do without, but, man. Gilbert Godfrey, it's Mr. Oh, Mixius Pitlick. I just like the animation in the episode, you yeah. know, him transferring back and forth. I like the animation episode, right. but, you know, but the Apocalypse episodes were so good. <sighs> All they explain the High shit. Father. I mean, my yeah. kids are like, what? You know, there's people more powerful than Superman. Like, yeah. Oh, that yeah. there's a place where Superman can go, and he's totally normal. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's just like Orion oh, and Light Ray okay. and all them. Um, same universe, but okay. when they did the uh, Alan Moore, this was in Justice League. Oh, yes, um, for the man who has everything. Oh, gosh, I still cry. I, that one makes me cry. Because that, I read the comic, yeah. it, it, I, it gets me emotional. Right. But to hear a young child's voice, because I have children to tell, yeah. you know, Daddy, what's wrong? And him telling, I will always love you, I will never forget you, gets me every time. Every time. time. And how Mongol violated oh. Clark, and I mean violated him. So I'm so glad that set the ground for the Justice League cartoons, and it really cemented who Superman was. He's the opposite of Batman. Same goals, yes, but opposite. And you know, we were talking about the continuity that's taking place between the new direct-to-video um, animated features that DC is doing. Um, DC did it masterfully the first time when Bruce Timm was in charge of everything from start to finish. From the Batman stuff, Batman introducing Zatanna in, in that. you know, So he went to the superpowered stuff. He went to the Killer Croc being a mutated creature and not just you know, a circus strongman with a skin condition. Um, you know, they, did, they did the stuff with Poison Ivy being, you know, with her crazy powers. You know, the, the, the new adventures of Batman, the two seasons of that, Superman, the animated series. The I love their take on Bane. Right? Yeah, that, right? Was, that was excellent. Yeah. The, the two years of Justice League and then wrapping it up with Justice League Unlimited. I mean, they, they, it, was, it was the fucking Legion of Doom. <laughs> and the whole anti-life equation at yeah. the very end. Oh, yeah. And See? Brainiac being in Lex Luthor's oh head, which is a, another Alan Moore uh, yep. Uh, yep. homage. Uh, for the, that was... Uh, Whatever happened to the, the man, man of tomorrow. tomorrow? Yep, yep. I mean, I, you you couldn't have picked something better. I think right. The there. one thing that I really loved about that series, and I'll never forget it, is I remember being. Uh, I didn't get WB as a kid. Hmm. Okay. And so I didn't get to watch that it very sucks. frequently. I know. So I went to my grandma's where they actually on their on their cable they had WB. Okay. And I sat down and I I watched it and they had Lobo on. Yeah, oh, Brad Lobo. Garrett. That's right. And, oh my god! And I fucking Friggin loved Friggin. it. <laughs> I loved it. Do we? Was Lobo somebody? It, I mean, did somebody play that? You know, like an actor, actor, or was that just voiceover? And this is not to denigrate the work of, of veteran voiceover guys, but I'm trying to remember if the guy who played Lobo was like a star from another project. What do you mean? It Brad, was Garrett. Brad Garrett. Oh fuck! It was Brad Garrett. I totally everybody forgot. loves Raymond. Yeah, everybody it was him loves from Two Raymond. Stupid Dogs. I loved that yeah. cartoon. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking genius. Oh yeah, Brad Garrett. God damn. Yeah, he was a great Lobo. Perfect cast. And you know, it, my kids are like, oh, you know, what's the big deal about Lobo? I'm like, well, he was, you know, for older. You know, when I was a kid, it yeah. was for older people. But it was cool to see him in there. Yeah, had his Harley like motor rocket ship. That was, was really cool. He didn't feel neutered at all. No. Okay, another great part about that episode that shows who Superman is is remember they're 
captured by the collector or whatever he is. Yes. The yeah. Last yeah. Yeah. I love that after he Superman and Lobo defeat him, Superman saves those animals or creatures and puts them in the Fortress of Solitude so yes. they don't die. And, and you, you see, see them later. And you see yes. them again. Yes. yes. And he takes care of them. And that is Superman, right? They're, I'm the last of my kind. They're the last of their kind. I'm going to protect them. Yeah. So cool. Which is as silver age as you can possibly and get. And it carried on into Justice League. Yes. <sighs> yep. So cool. So great. <laughs> so great. So you can honestly say that there was six, eight, ten seasons of the Bruce Tim DC animated universe, the yeah. DCAU. Thank you, Bruce Tim. Uh, Bruce Tim, you are a genius. And I'm now. Okay, another special feature on the Teen Titans Judas contract VOD was which this, we talked about last episode. Which we talked about. And you our, better have listened to it, please. It's a good episode. We rate in rocks on that one. Um, <laughs> that just sounds weird. Um, but they have a special feature on the upcoming Batman and Harley Quinn. Oh, I know. Which is co-written and executive produced by Bruce Tim. Oh, excellent. And and Kevin Conroy's coming back, and the original voice of Robin and uh, Nightwing. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Len Larson, I think, he's is the guy's name. He comes back. He comes back in that, and then they got. Um, oh, he's going to be at Stockton. Con. The gal, yeah. that, the gal that plays um, Bernadette, uh, Bernadette on Big Bang Theory is going to be the new Harley Quinn, and she sounds almost identical to I, Eileen Sorkin. When you said that, I was like, "Oh, that's a that's such great casting." Yeah. I can already hear and it. And yes, Len Larson is going to be at a at a Stockton Con. So and the animation style is back to what uh, the New Adventures of Batman and Robin yes. was. Oh. So I'm so, so dumb. They got my money. Yep. They got my money. I'll watch I'm going to get that. I'm going to watch the shit out of that, I think. So good call, Manny. Superman, the anime series, and really by extension, the entire DC animated universe. It's, it's hard to go wrong with that. Yeah, it really is. So, uh, Adam, yes. I have a feeling that you're going to take a left turn from that ne- neck I, of the woods. I absolutely am, <laughs> because what I'm going to talk about uh, is 15-minute episodes which I think eleven or tw- thirteen were produced uh-huh. on in early ninety three or four. I think on MTV. Yes, on MTV. Yes, Liquid Television. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's the Max. Uh, Anybody I, who's listened to this podcast knows I love the Max. Yes. And this cartoon is where I f- discovered that love. It's where for a lot Max. of people discovered the yeah. Max. I hit Honestly. up the cartoon and then I proceeded to binge read the comics. Okay. Okay, and I mean, talk to me a little bit about the style, because I, I mean, I remember when it was coming on, and I remember watching it, but I was not as into that as I would say maybe like Aeon Flux. Oh, Aeon Flux. So, yeah. right? Um, but what was it about the Max that drew you in? Part of it and, was... And we've talked about some of this on a previous podcast yeah. before, but but for our new listeners, what, what drew you in about the, the Max? The big thing that got me was, A, the unique uh, art of the characters. Mm-hmm. And to be able to see not only of is this big purple guy in our world or is he in uh, another world, like where, where is he really? Why is he there? I, there was so much mystery around it. Yeah. And then to have such a great villain in Mr. Gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. the, as it goes on, you find out that not only is, is Mr. Gone Sarah's dad, mm-hmm. but... At one point, he he gets killed by the Max in both. I want to say it's both worlds. So in, no, he gets killed by the Max in our world, and and Julie still, chops off his head in in, in the, the outback. outback. Okay. And at one point, he, well, he doesn't die because he's a magician. 
Oh. So Sarah ends up talking to this this box, and they don't know what's in it. Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> and well, yeah, and so, but the the box, she she's convinced like I've gone crazy, but I'm just gonna see what happens, and because she's a teenager, and she puts the box in Julie's house, and it starts to stink, and then they find out it's the fucking severed head of Mr. Gone. <laughs> oh my god! And and yeah, they they flip the fuck out because he's mentally communicating with his daughter. So so the brain is still alive in the guy's head. I don't even think that. I think his spirit is using the 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 de- decomposed head to talk. Weird. It, it is. That's weird as fuck, it, dude. And that was part of what pulled me in was just how unique this the story was in the depths of the metaphors in this yeah. for life. Mm-hmm. I loved it so much. Now, how did I mean for people who are not familiar with this, and I I already know the answer to this, but how close is it to Sam Keith's artwork in this one? Because Sam Keith is a master. It's Great. it's so like I've watched it two or three times since I've read the comics. Uh-huh. And you don't get more faithful of an adaptation than that. There's only one episode that they have to change characters on, and that's because they have the pit in it. Oh, and so they the changed, pit. Oh, God. They that was uh, Dale Keown's character, yes. wasn't it? Oh, yes. I still have issue number one of that. Oh. And so, <laughs> they, so they have to change out the pit. Okay. Um, but they end up keeping Mako from the Savage Dragon universe oh, that in, in the, the cartoon. Which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Val- Eric Larson let that go. Yeah, yeah. and uh, now in the, that issue, Savage Dragon shows up, but he doesn't show up in the okay. the cartoon. Which now thinking about that, that's kind of weird because Larson's really liberal with his use of Savage Dragon and letting other people use it. Maybe they just decided that he would take up too much time to explain or something. There, like that. you know what? It could have been that. It could have just been MTV. Yeah, just, good just point. being like that's that's. What's that? And if it was, was it before or after the Savage Dragon cartoon that aired on this CBS? This was before. Or, oh, wow. Okay. Because I can imagine being an executive at MTV, seeing the Savage Dragon cartoon and saying, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> if they wanted yeah. to bring the Savage Dragon in. Yeah. Because that sure. cartoon was a piece of shit. Oh. Yeah. But much know, love to Eric Larson, but dude, that, that cartoon sucked. If you grew up in the 90s and you got the, the, the pleasure of seeing really good animation in small doses. Yes. I mean... He hits it. It was so uh, good. It was so well drawn. It was drawn, folks. It wasn't. There wasn't a computer no, doing no. it. It was a guy with a pencil. This was cell cell yes, painted bunch animation. Of Koreans yep. probably you know doing these cells. Loved it. Just just it was so. And it was quick. You know, you got your got your got doing any you were done. Well, and that's what was great. I think about what MTV was doing in the liquid TV format is yeah. that that they had the shorter episodes and that you could still tell a lot of story. And a compressed, and some would say, I think Grant Morrison used the term super compression, or was it Warren Ellis? No, that was Grant Morrison. That was Grant Morrison, where you can tell super, super compressed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> super <laughs> compressed storylines. No, I don't sound like Grant Morrison. I'll fuck No, myself. I can still understand you. Half the yeah. time I can't understand the you, guy. Yeah. So honestly, did you ever see that a documentary oh, on yeah. Grant Morrison? That's a must watch. So I had to have subtitles on. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I put subtitles on. We watched All Star Superman the other day. My kids want to watch it, and so I always watch the bonus features. And yeah. he does. You have to put subtitles on it because yeah. Superman his rogue like, is so fucking thick, but he is such a genius. On a side note, yeah, uh, Brian Azzarello did a story with Doctor Thirteen, and spoiler: the villains were the writers of Fifty Two. 
<laughs> and Azarello nails, nails Grant Morrison's voice. I mean, it's just broken That's... everything. And Brian Azzarello is like fucking Honey Badger. That dude don't give a shit. And I mean, it was so funny because in the way he represents them is they all wear masks of the heroes that they're kind of associated with the most. So he never flat out says these are those people. This is Mark Wade and this is Greg Rucker. Yeah, it might as well be. Yeah. And but even with more like he I mean, is just on point with that voice. So Azzarello is a dick like officially. A lovable one, but yeah. yeah. I'm just saying he could he be is. a perfectly kind human being, but you can also be a dick. So yeah. So, so anyway, so, so the Max. Yeah, jumping back to the Max, yeah. uh, <laughs> the uniqueness of that show and to to see that that Mr. Gone is not he's he's a more complex villain than just oh I'm evil. He's trying to get Julie and Sarah uh-huh. and even Max to confront personal problems that they have. And while he is, while he does rape and maim a character and he has his own issues, he realizes that I'm trying to help them out as people and help them out as they move forward with their lives to move past these problems. Why is Julie so codependent on Max? Okay. And you find out that there's trauma that had happened to her. And that's why the Outback exists, and that's why you see changes in the Outback represent her emotional state. And you find out that in, in the cartoon, the, the Max is a gardener that ended up getting sucked from her world, her, uh-huh. her, from her Outback, into our world. And so once she's able to let go of those things, and she, she leaves town, and she, she moves on, mm-hmm. Max is able to be set free. Interesting. So, I mean, if you get a chance to hunt it down, don't look up that, that fucking awful uh, VHS. Okay. Uh, they do a... Pre- I, don't, I don't think I have a VHS player that works anymore. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but they do have an on-demand... Not on-demand. It's on-demand printing on uh, Amazon. Okay. To, to where it's, pr- it's print-to-order. That's what I mean. Oh, okay. So okay. if you get a chance, I think it's only 20 bucks. And it's an amazing, it's an amazing story. Okay. It's what made me fall in love with that universe and that character well, and by proxy Sam Keith. And we talked about that in collections when you were talking about plunking down how many you play, like oh, $125, yeah. I think. Oh, for that Max Artist yeah. Edition. Yeah. Yeah. That's just fucking amazing. I fucking love that kind of stuff. So I got to get into it. You know, I find... When I was, you know, back when that stuff was coming out, I was very much a Jim Lee fanboy. I was very much a Mark Silvestri fanboy. I was very much, you know, like I was into the image creators. I even loved Savage Dragon back in the day. That's my guilty pleasure, Reed. Yeah, X-Men, fucking, and I was always a Justice League fan, so even Justice League Extreme, I think I... I was about <laughs> to say, you're, you're diving to, to Dan extreme, Vado area? Yeah, uh, fucking Extreme Justice. That's what the name oh, of the, the book man. was. So, you know, I, I, I had a single thought line when it came to pop culture, and it was superheroes and sci-fi, and that was pretty much it. And so I didn't give the Max much room to, to gestate. And now that I am starting to read more and more indie comics, and my palate has definitely improved with age, I think, uh, at least I believe so up until this point, I think I'm going to go seek out some Max comics and and take that dive. That that's the comic that I'm I'm I don't say this lightly. It changed my life. Yeah, because it, like it, it shows it showed me comics can be literally 
anything. Yeah. From mm-hmm. there, I discovered a lot of... I discovered American Splendor. I discovered, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all these different uh, comics that had been going on outside of, outside of the big two. Yeah. Yeah, and so for Max to just be such this this weird world, right? Uh, yet have the emotional complexity that more than any other superhero comic I'd read. Well, true, and, and a true kind of artistic beauty that had the, you know, look, Sam Keith was the original artist on the first three issues of the Sandman, mm-hmm. and you know, there's been plenty of stories told about how that collaboration went, and so I'm not going to dive he's into it. He's just now getting to the point within the last couple of years that he's accepted he's the co-creator of that. Yeah, you know, it's he's he's such a unique personage in the field of comics, Let, you know, whereas a guy who he didn't grasp that he was on the cutting edge of so many different things. He was on the cutting edge of the Sandman, which predated Vertigo. He was on the cutting edge mm-hmm. of of indie of indie comics coming into its own with being afforded that opportunity over he, an image. His first comics gig was working on Mage with Matt Wagner. Exactly. You know those those sort of bits. So he's a guy that has done pro. I mean, he's not. He doesn't have prolific outfit out uh, output. I should say, but he is a guy who has been on the forefront of change in the industry. Yes. positive change and I, I'm glad to hear that he's starting to accept being the co-creator of Sandman because well he was he mm-hmm. helped yeah. he helped lay the foundation for that character that Gaiman got so many dozens of issues out of so he deserves a lot more credit for that and I, I have to try the max again I really do um, unfortunately I'm going to take I'm going to take the car back into superhero territory let's go I because, love superheroes you know and I'm a big kid just ask my wife she she says it's equal parts being married to a 47-year-old and a 14-year-old. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm a child. Um, and I want to preface my, my, my f- one of my favorite animations out there with some of the creator's previous work. And I was a big fan of Disney's Gargoyles. Oh, did you too. guys ever watch? Did you watch that? Oh yeah, it's like Next Generation yeah. where all the you know. Well, they were still on the Next Generation. I know. You had so Riker. Good. You had Riker, Troy, Michael Dorn. I'm confused. What just happened? Okay, you have never gargoyles. heard gargoyles. You don't know Disney's gargoyles. I know gargoyles, but you guys just went fucking into Star Trek, so I'm confused. The voices. Yeah. The voice for Xanatos, their arch enemy, was the love with, triangle of season seven. <laughs> Right. Next generation were voices on gargoyles. Yeah, really. Yeah, the okay. forgotten love triangle. Yeah, Sorry, Jonathan, Jonathan Frakes, Marina Sirtis, and uh, Michael Dorn. Okay, were all regular voices on a show that Greg Wiseman worked on, um, who is something of a Bruce Tim in his own right. The best. That was the best cartoon Disney had for a long time. Honestly, it, it was, competed in my heart with Batman the Animated Series and all that that stuff that was coming out. How I mean, I would have loved to have seen a crossover between Batman the Animated Series and, and Gargoyles. I could have seen yeah. it happening. You know, I would wet Batman, myself. There's Batman brooding on a gargoyle, you know, atop a building, and, and the gargoyle then, comes alive, you know, comes to life, and says, "Get off my back." <laughs> was it <laughs> so, Goliath or yeah, yeah, Goliath, right? Uh, and Brooklyn, who is the dog-like gargoyle. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a good show. But um, so there's that. Uh, there was this, also this little show that was canceled way too soon called Spectacular Spider-Man, which was Spider-Man done, I think, the best he has ever been done in animation. 
he had a show, and I think it was just, I think it was it the Amazing Spider-Man or just Spider-Man that kind of came out the same time as X-Men in 92. Uh, that was Spider-Man it, it, on yep. Fox. Spider-Man on Fox, which I did not care for. Oh, it really? Was the, it was did, the worst Peter Parker. What? I didn't care for it. I loved that. Well, I You were I also saw, much younger I was than about us. to say, you everybody see, who loves things as a kid, of course, you're going to see it with rose-colored glasses. Oh, yeah. I love the fucking Super Friends. Guess what? I got the Super Friends on Blu-ray. I nearly puked all over myself that yeah. I liked that. Yes, that's a guilty pleasure. Even <laughs> though, they, even back in the 70s and Super Friends, they all confronted zombies in an, in an episode, which was pretty dope. That's Meanwhile, pretty, that's pretty yes. cutting edge, especially for yeah, that time. It, it was Ted Grant. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, you know, it was some great voiceover there, but it, it was just terrible. Casey Kasin was Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes, Batman. <laughs> Let's Righteous. keep reaching for the stars. <laughs> yeah, I was always waiting for him. Like, so you didn't like that, that Spider-Man? I didn't like that Spider-Man, but I liked the characterizations. Now, I have to be honest, I had not seen all of Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, I forget even what network that it rolled on. It was it was WB was before it, I, it became CW. I wanted CW. to say WB, but I didn't want to get ahead of myself just because I didn't do it the research. It may have been CW, but yeah. yeah. Hey, wasn't there one on MTV too for all that sucked? I tried to forget about that one. Was, it was that the one where he went to a different oh. Earth? No, different... no. That was Spider-Man Unlimited. Oh, that's, This yeah. came out, no. and B- Brian Bendis had... Uh, this was his first like foray into animation, right. I, where it was on MTV, and they were trying uh, to fit it into the universe of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was Balls. boring as could be. The one Balls. thing I will give it credit for was it, it tried to cross over with Daredevil, and it had a very similar uh, Michael Clark Duncan Kingpin. Interesting. And I thought that was pretty neat. It might or might bear some revisiting, but I want to... No, it to... doesn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't waste no, your time. No, I love you, Jim. Thank horrible. you. I love you back for, for, for stepping on that or falling on that hand grenade for me as yeah. it were there. Um, but Spectacular Spider-Man had fantastic characterization and had fantastic interplay between um, um, characters. You know, like actual character dynamics where people express their feelings not just through their words but through their facial expressions so in turn the animation had to be fantastic and it was and you know and that's a high point for marvel animation because a lot of their animation is just not good it's subpar it's cookie cutter i don't assembly line korean shit i don't know where they pulled sean galloway out of but he I, was he was so spot on with all of his character designs, his, but but the 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 final product that comes out of the Marvel s- studio as far as like Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Assemble, Ultimate Spider Man, it's all shit to me. I got to be quite honest. And now that they're owned by Disney, it's really sad because I mean you saw the goodness that they even brought Mickey Mouse. John Lasser brought Mickey Mouse back in right. short, and I, my kids love him. I love him. Yes, you think they could give the same respect for? one of their biggest franchises Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. And they just can't do the it. The fact that they canceled uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which was so great fucking for that fucking um, bullshit of Avengers <laughs> Assemble. I know. See? That's what Earth's I'm talking Mightiest about. Heroes, especially in the in the shorts that they did, the Secret Origins oh, those of all the great. characters, that they love the fans that much that we're going to tell the Secret Origin of Captain America versus the Red Skull and how Giant Man and the Wasps got together and... And actually tell shit like the Kree Scroll War? Are you fucking kidding me? Instead of fucking Hulk and the Agents of Smash bullshit. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh man. Or that super. We won't even let that. our kids watch uh, that superhero squad. Oh, oh that was oh, so. It's 
it's just so bad. I, you know, and I forgave Ultimate Spider Spider Man in the beginning because I'm I'm trying. I say to myself, okay, this is a show that's not for my demographic. I love Iron Fist. I've gone on the record as saying Iron Fist is my favorite character. They turned him into a fucking flower chewing hippie. Okay, crunchy granola eating, sandals wearing with socks. I mean, just fucking Portlandia hippie. And um, Luke Cage was just... Well, they don't use Luke Cage. They use the other Power Man from that miniseries. Now they do, but in the original original first couple of seasons of Ultimate Spider-Man, it was was original Luke uh, Cage. Luke Cage is a teenager. And Sam so, Alexander Nova is like Sam Alexander Nova shit? and Ava Ayala as fucking you know I mean yeah she is brown but she might as well have been white I mean you know I'm sorry <laughs> Manny but no dude, I know was, what you're she, talking about I, I know and I get in trouble when I talk colors on this show but Spider Man Agent of Shield is not what I want it, it, and it oh. honest to God it I got what they were trying to do they were trying to reach you know that preteen demographic yeah. but there's one thing that that Disney XD does. And does very well, which is a show for kids, but that speaks to adults as Star Wars Rebels. And so I can't believe the same network that would put on a show that great that could speak to an entire age spectrum from little kids to 40-something-year-olds can put on shite like the stuff that's coming from Marvel Animation Studios. But I digress. Spectacular Spider-Man is great. Gargoyles was great. And that was because of some guys by the name of Greg Wiseman and Brandon Vietti. And they put together this show that's that debuted, in, I want to say, the fall of 2012. That sounds um, about right. I want to say it was then, and it was the show called Young Justice. Oh, so good. Oh, my God. Dan, that show grabs you by the balls straight from the mm, fucking pilot. In the, in the pilot episode, every okay, all the heroes with sidekicks are, you know, and they're all introduced in the prologue, just the mm-hmm. prologue. The first five minutes of the cold open is the sidekick goes, today's the day. And there's Robin and Batman taking on Mr. Freeze. And they start pounding on him. And a few minutes later in Star City, there's Speedy go, or Speedy's going, today's the day. You know, and he's a little grittier. In Central City, Kid Flash, today's the day. You know? Such <laughs> a good cartoon. And they're all fighting cold-based villains. Mm-hmm. And... I have a certain love for cold-based villains and heroes, for that matter. I just like cold powers for some reason. You you can make shit with it, like Green Lantern does, you know. And it melts, though. Yeah, that means, you know, you don't have to worry about it being permanent. Well, at least with Green Lantern, it can be cuddly. You can't it, cuddle with ice. That's true. That's true. <laughs> But you can you can make fun things like ice slides and stuff like that. That's snowmen. True. That's I mean, Iceman does make it look Snow pretty cones. fucking awesome. You know, you get some uh, get some guys. Uh, who are the guys that push the cart, Manny? Uh, um, the Zamboni people. The Zamboni people. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. You know, the guys at the fucking <laughs> state fair who do yeah, snow, snow, snow cones. cones and shit. Oh, okay. You know, like Iceman <laughs> could sit there. And make snow cones for kids if he just has the strawberry and blueberry flavoring and shit like that. But the is point that cannibalism? That no, because, because he's <laughs> actually manipulating the moisture in the air. But could Iceman do that with, say, uh, Firestorm? And Firestorm make the the syrup that goes on to. Oh my the, god. Dude, my, Martin Stein could probably give him the I'm chemical. Just com- You've just goes, given me the crossover I never yeah, knew that, I wanted. That's they right. sell ice cream and then they fight crime in they the park. <laughs> on a warm summer day. While Chicago plays Saturday. Yeah, yeah. in, the, in park. the park. Perfect. I can hear Martin Stein going, 
okay, Ronnie, this is how you make red dye number nine. (laughs) (laughs) But no. Somebody's asking for tiger's blood. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) So good. See, we got a little crossover. That's, you know what? That's the shit we should pitch to DC, Manny. And it would be funny. Yeah. Why not? Can't we have funny books? I mean, JLI, anybody? Yep. Um, But look, Young Justice was a show that ran for two seasons through some feet of dark magic because Cartoon Network did not want to air that show on a regular basis. They fucked all the DC cartoons of that era as hard as they could. Bruce Timm's first first and last foray into CGI animation was Green Lantern, the animated series. They managed to get two seasons out of that show as well. And they were hoping for for the series to capitalize on the success of the film. Little did we know that the film was going to suck gooseballs and the cartoon was going to fucking reign supreme. I mean, detached from the rest of it. Yeah. It could have existed in DCAU continuity, but they didn't care because they were in outer fucking space, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, and, and Green Lantern, the animated series, is fucking great in a it lot was. of places. In a lot of places. There were some episodes which made me go, <gasps> but there were still a lot more good episodes than bad episodes. Well, but had, you know, it had Atrocitus. That's the only time you're going to see him on a kid's right? TV show. They had fucking Rage Kitty. They had oh, Dexter. Dexter. They oh. had Bleas. They you know had... what though? They to to be uh, to go with DC and everything. Yeah. Cartoon Network. Not only did they fuck over the DC stuff, they also fucked over all the WB stuff. Honest to God, they, they got, got ri- my kids didn't know how to find Bugs Bunny on TV anymore. They got rid of all That's the good stuff. That's a really good point. You know, it's like they got rid of stuff. People actually tuned into that channel to watch. Like, I enjoyed Beware the Batman. I, you know what? I did, I did too. too. I was. It, it took a while to warm up to it, but then it got it, they good. They were fucking up with the continuity, but they gave me Michael Caine or an imitator of Michael Caine as fucking Alfred, as SAS Commando with Alfred a with a bowler hat yeah. built like a fucking brick house and yeah. katana yeah. and the soul taker sword and all that uh, shit. And for them to air the last part of that, that series on Adult Swim at 2 a.m., right. Is like really it go was fuck cheap. yourself. It was cheap. Go fuck and, yourself. And you know what? They didn't do Wiseman and Vietti any favors with Young Justice because that show was just hitting its stride in the first, I want to say, five or six episodes when it was hit not by a one month hiatus, not by a three month hiatus, not even by a six month hiatus, but at episode six, they stopped airing it for nine months. I want the I want you I want you to feel this anger, this seething rage. And do you know why they stopped airing Young Justice? Is because they weren't selling the toys fast enough. And that's that's the problem. And and I'm sorry, but you know what? I totally get that the economics mm-hmm. of pop culture, okay? I understand that comics have become something of the farm system for films and animated products. And money. And money. <laughs> I, I totally understand that DC and Marvel is triple-A ball compared to the kind of money that Marvel Studios is bringing in. Or that, you know, hopefully Warners will bring in with Wonder Woman. I'm, I'm holding my hand up to God, hoping to God that we've got uh, a, a real hit on our hands for the DC Extended Universe, the DCEU. But Young Justice was more than a show about teen superheroes kicking the shit out of teen supervillains. This was a show about the clone of Superman, Connell Connor, as as he was named by his friends, could not forge a relationship with Superman because Superman 
didn't oh. know how he could handle the thought of having an offspring. And this is Superman who gets who will be friends with anyone. Right. This is a guy yeah. who gave a signal watch to a redheaded photographer that would do stupid shit all the time. He would drink Gingold soda and become Stretchy Boy, and then he'd become tur- Turtle Boy, cursed, yeah, tur- turtle cursed boy. by a witch and turn into Turtle Boy. And he, you know, you know, he's a guy who made friends on other fucking planets, right? He's a guy who helped build the Justice League. He befriended he had, Batman, right? He said, "I know you're a dark dude, but come on, <laughs> wow, come on." And when Batman comes to you, as they did in an episode of Young Justice, where they're sitting in that one diner, mm-hmm. like in, that's in all the pop culture drawings, um, they're sitting in that diner, and Bruce Wayne is giving parenting advice to you. You've done fucked up. Well, and Clark, I mean, you want to talk about you know the intestinal fortitude of Superman? Superman stared Batman right in the face and goes, "I don't have time for this." You know, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm not going to pretend to know what I'm doing. And, and, and by the way, Batman being played by the awesome character actor Bruce Greenwood, the guy who played Captain Pike in the Star Trek reboots. And he played Batman in Under the Red Hood. In Under the Red Hood as well, is the best, the second best voice next to Kevin Conroy. So if you mm-hmm. cannot get Kevin Conroy, you get Bruce Greenwood to play your Batman. Clark, you have to listen to me. You know, he is so good. You know, at at getting these the getting the, the the character together in the adults, while not having as much of a role as the kids did in propelling the plots forward, they had something to do with the raising of these children. Mm-hmm. You know, and the children couldn't be left to their own devices in in their original headquarters at Mount Justice. So who did they send? They send Red Tornado to be their guardian, and then they send various members of the Justice League down to teach them different things that they're all excellent with. You know, like Aquaman would come in for an episode, and then Black Canary would yeah. s- would come in, and she was not just, you know, their well, first of all, she was their fighting instructor. So if Batman is sending somebody down to teach them how to fight, you know Batman's got respect for them, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. But she's also their psychologist as well. <laughs> You know, she's their shrink because she has the most level head. Maybe in maybe in on Earth 16, which is an established piece of DC continuity, they uh, they they maybe she's a shrink or something like that. That's the only way I can understand her relationship with Oliver Queen being a complete fuck up as a human yeah. being as Oliver Queen is in any universe that she alone can keep him wired together. Um, and then they did Billy Batson. So well as Shazam on this series, when they had the, when they sent Shazam down to chaperone YJ for something, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that episode, but I mean he's a ten year old boy. He's younger than all of them. He just has the wisdom of Solomon, you know. But they had these ongoing subplots of like, you know, McGann, Miss Martian, and and, mm-hmm. and Connor Superboy's relationship. Or um, the fact that Batman didn't think Robin was ready to be team leader yet, so he had the the Calderon Aqualad be named the team leader. And then how the plot grew into this giant 22-episode-long slow-burn alien invasion Mm storyline in the second episode, or in the second season. 
Um, and then they added like three times the amount of characters in there. It was fucking genius what they were doing in the writing because it was more than just serialized storytelling. It was fucking meta plots taking place. It was so... One of my favorite episodes is where they pretty much go black ops at Santa Prisa. Oh, oh yeah. God. And... and to have the Teen Titans as Black Ops. Or the team, as they were known. Yeah. They, they were never called Young Justice. They were never called the Teen Titans. Yeah. They were just the team. That's true. You That's know. true. Just saying. Yeah. Just yeah. saying. But to have that cast of characters go yes. in as Black Ops was just so fucking cool. It was. They compressed their symbol on their uniform, and then their uniform would turn black. Mm-hmm. It was just sick. <laughs> So there were so well done. there were those things that that just got the kid in me excited, like seeing Kid Flash. Like the reason his armor was or that his costume was armored up a little bit was because he couldn't stop so quick, like like Barry Allen could. And then they had the episode where they were in Central City fighting Neutron, and first it was it was Barry Allen who said, "Don't worry, I got this. You know, I'll be back in a flash." And then who takes off? This is in the second season. And then Impulse, hey, I got to go too. Okay, see you later. Don't crash the mode. Bye. And he takes off. And then Wally's like, fuck, I guess I got to go. They're having Thanksgiving over at the Garrick's mm-hmm. household. And then at the end, there's fucking Jay Garrick in the silver That's helmet so showing. Fucking cool. And there's four fucking flashes oh my gosh. in this episode taking on this kid that, that they find out later was being messed with by Lex Luthor and the fucking Reach. You know, which is the whole mythology from the Black Beetle storyline or the Blue Beetle storyline, the Black Beetle. I mean, all these characters were fantastic. And I'm not doing the show any justice. Forgive the pun. I really didn't mean for that to come out as bad as it did. But if you want an example of seeing how teenagers, you know, would act in a realistic circumstance with the unrealism of superheroes draped around them. I can't think of a better show in animation than than fucking Young Justice. It had a grit and a weight to it that I don't think I've ever seen any other TV show have. Yeah. And I, at the time, they didn't have Connell in the comics. Right. And for me, that was my fix of Connell because they because they had just pulled him out. Yeah, of the of, continuity, and it at was that the time. whole New yeah. Fifty Two. So I loved yep. seeing that character in that cast. God, I me loved, too. I loved because Con- they had just killed him, right? Superboy. No, they just relaunched the entire universe and Without, fucking left him out. No, no, but but we had lost him to Superboy Prime. Well, he, they, he comes back. He later. came back, but then they they launched the new Fifty Two without any of the legacy right. sidekick oh, okay, characters, right. which is fifty-two. But Rebirth fixed those, some problems, except no Connell still. You know, unfortunately, the Superboy we have is John Kent, which he's is cool. not bad. He he's cool, you know, and he's pals with Damian Wayne. Much against Damien's own <laughs> better angels, I think, if you can call them that. Um, but you know, we're I think Connell is gone. You know, we're not gonna get that Connor Kent Superboy back, but he's gonna live on because they've just announced that there's gonna be a season three of Young Justice, which is gonna come out on the DC Entertainment app. So it'll be an over-the-top uh, service like CBS All Access where they're not just going to be putting out original programming like a live-action Titan series, but season three of Young Justice subtitled Outsiders. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And they're also going to be offering original comic content in the DC Entertainment app as well. So it'll be the bridging of the two worlds. 
So I, you just sold me on that because I've been wanting a uh, basically a, a Comicsology Unlimited, Mar- Marvel Universe Unlimited thing for the like DC a, Comics, like a cross-platform. Type yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And I really think that they're going. to... I mean, look, if they're not going to charge more than five bucks for this thing a month, I'll do it. I will do it for a live-action Titan series, which will star Dick Grayson. Oh, I will do it. Do it. I will. So. I mean, I, the fact that there is a future for a show that ended like almost five years ago, and it's all because of fan support and DC having We're the wherewithal so lucky to, do it. to live in this age. And it, and it also has that comic series you can pick up off Comicsology that ties directly into the show. It, it because there's a five year gap between Young Justice season one and Young Justice season two. It takes place in like the second year of the five year gap. So you get to see the team in a different light than you've seen in either of those shows. Nice. And it's written by Wiseman. And it's written by Greg Wiseman, and the art is fantastic. It flows right with the series. So I can't recommend it enough. So, uh, Manny, you recommended the Bruce Tim DCAU fronted by Superman, the animated series. Adam, you had the Max. Uh, which came out from MTV and maybe is pirated out there somewhere. Well, as I said, it's available on print-to-order DVD through Amazon. Okay, so there's something for you, and and my hope is, is that you check out Young Justice, which is available right now on Netflix Yes, and in the future on the forthcoming DC Entertainment app. So I think that wraps this episode up, the second half of episode 18 of Graphic Content. We hope you like this episode. If you want us to talk more about animation... This isn't and- 19? No, we're doing a two-part episode because oh, this, okay. this flows from our conversation. You know, we're, we're, that we're makes gonna, sense. We're going to drop both episodes together because we're menches. We All do right, this. yeah, I like that. Yeah, we can do <laughs> this, right? We're grown-ups. Yeah, part two of episode 18. Yeah. There you go. There we go. The answer for our episodes being too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I planned it out in advance for a change. So, look, if you want to if you want to hear more about superheroes in animation or you want to tell us to shut up or move on to a different topic <laughs> or anything like that, hit us up on Twitter at graphic podcast. You can hit us up on email where you can write notes to us at the real at graphic the real dot graphic content at gmail.com. That's the proper email address. And we've had creators hit us up. Uh, to review their project, creators out there who have contacted us, we've not forgotten you. Yes. We are definitely eager to interview you and to read your books. So, you know, we are reaching back out to you, and we really appreciate the thought of you guys wanting to share your work with us. We cannot thank you enough, and we look forward to having you on the show soon. We love comic books, so keep sending ideas or writers and artists. Send your stuff far away. I mean, And Adam, just real quick, I mean, props to you. That was a great interview you had with Hannibal Taboo. Oh, thank you. Hannibal's a quality dude, and I can't wait to see Irrational Numbers. I mean, that... (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be a great read, I believe. So the ancient Greek mathematician Pythagoras is apparently responsible for vampires. (laughs) <laughs> yep. The look on Manny's face said it all right hey, there. Hey, and that's the great thing about writing. That we is. We go anywhere we want. Yep, and I cannot wait for that and his other work that he's doing with the Operative Network. Um, so, uh, Manny, thanks again for joining us in this Thank two-part you for episode. Me. This was just a total, total great experience for us, and we can't wait to have you back in the studio. I'm sure there will be future animated projects that we would love to discuss with you. Any parents out there who grew up watching these cartoons or watch these cartoons, show them what, 
watch them with your kids. Yeah, please. there's a lot of good stuff out there, and there's it's not bad stuff. The kids don't come out trying to fight or anything. Just let them watch the episode and yeah. enjoy that time with them. It's so good. We're so lucky we have this stuff and, these days. And if your kids are like Manny's kids, they're going to ask you questions, and you'll be there to answer them and bring more people into the hobby. My kids know the Golden Age and the Silver Age of the DC Universe, oh, okay? You know how lucky I am? Pound that one, my yeah. man. I grew up with uh, the cartoons. My dad uh, raised me on Spider-Man and his amazing friends oh, going to the video oh. store Wow. When they had the uh, the character theme boxes yes. from Prism Video, yep. I mean, the animation is the key to get the kids in onto superheroes and and hopefully later into comics. Well, and there's also those neat superhero movies that come out. I mean, look, That's true. We Christopher Reeve got me. We were kids. Christopher Reeve got you. I mean, I remember Michael he, Keaton got me. Yeah, I mean, Christopher Reeve got me back in '78 also, and uh, you know, we could talk about the pre-cinematic universe superheroes. That might be a good show. But uh, wrapping it up, Manny, where can the kids find you online? Uh, You can find me at Manny Loves Art on Twitter, or you can find me uh, at Manny Gomez on Facebook and uh, shoot me some, you know, letters, some suggestions or comments. You take art commissions also, don't you? Yeah, right now, what I'm really doing right now is doing shoes. I just got commissioned to do a uh, Wonder Woman shoe for a friend, she wants to wear them to the premiere, so I'm halfway done. But she actually wanted a Superman Wonder Woman kissing on the shoe in the Jim Lee style. So can you imagine me trying to put that on a shoe? Good luck to you yeah. on that one, man. <laughs> oh, I don't envy you. Oh, oh. That's a lot of line work right oh, there. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you, you can't go as in-depth on canvas with, you know, markers. But True. we got the gist of it. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to do stuff like that. Anything that makes people happy. Cool. Especially for kids. Hit me up. All right. And Adam, I think you're one place or yeah. you're one name on many places. That's more like it. Okay. Yeah. Tell us what it is. I'm, I'm everywhere at Adam S. Messinger. Yeah. You know, the you Twitters. can spell my name. You can find me. The twits, the instas, the faces. Simplicity. Yes. It's, it's nice and simple. And then you want to hear my shitty music, you can go there. And, and please don't try to counsel me on my social media strategy right now. You All can right. Find, you can find me at Jimmers with three M's on Twitter, at Jimmers with five M's on Instagram, <laughs> and simply at Jim Mason on Facebook. So until next time, go read a comic. And after you do that, listen to graphic content.